It is Good Friday, y'all. Um, it's the it's it's T G I G F. Thank God it's Good Friday. Yeah, there you go. Thank God it's Good Friday. Um, and so, guys, I just want to encourage you guys. Um, come and join. It's going to be awesome. The spoken word is incredible. The communion ceremony is going to be amazing. The um, the music is amazing. And man, I pray that you will be moved by the word that I have to share with you tonight. It's it's all just listen. I'm telling you, you want to be here tonight for that. And then on Sunday night, we have Res, which is um, our Easter celebration. And so I know a lot of people, they go to church in the morning. But that night, carve out some time after Easter dinner and just come and join us because it is going to be an awesome night as well. Um, so, yeah. So, guys, when I when when you asked me, Jason, that was already a rant. I ranted before I read. Um Oh, um, so this is how you watch it. Thank you for that question. Uh, you, you can go to um, our our YouTube page. So if you go to The Font TV, The Font TV YouTube page, um, it'll be live at eight. It'll be live at eight there and you can participate there. I know that's how a lot of people watch from their screens is through YouTube. Um, and then and you can also uh, attend on our platform, which is uh, TheFont.TV. So if you go to thefont.tv, you can um, you can attend live there as well. Um, we'll have people there chatting. Uh, we'll we'll connect there, and so oh guys, I'm so excited! I am so excited! I'm so excited about tonight. But I will tell you, we are absolutely exhausted. Yeah, and also if you're not in our our Facebook group, join our Facebook group. We will redirect. We will definitely be redirecting. So we're going to post the link uh, there. We'll post both the link to the YouTube. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll post the link to the YouTube there and I'll post the link to um, to um, um, what is it uh, uh, to, to the YouTube and also to the platform. Uh, the name of the group is the font everywhere, the font everywhere. OK, so join us there. Um, I got my font family who's on along with me. But guys, it is at 8 p.m. tonight, 8 p.m. tonight, Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. tonight, Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be incredible. And then the last thing I'll say before we read uh, is is I would also encourage you guys, um, if you're an atheist, if you're a doubter, if you don't know where you are in your faith, if you're you just you, you don't know where you stand uh, or maybe you do. And you're just like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of that. We're going to invite you to this thing called Alpha. And what Alpha is, is just a safe place for you to talk about life's biggest questions, to talk about faith and life's biggest questions. We're not here to give you any answers. We're not here to like push any agenda on you. Um, we're not here to do any of that. We're just simply here to give you a space to talk through and to reflect over and to just have a discussion, just to open you know, I think with church, sometimes the difficulty is that we don't have safe spaces to be real and to be honest about things that we don't believe and why we don't believe it and why um, this stuff doesn't make sense or um, why this is difficult or hard to believe. And so this is the, that, that's really the purpose of Alpha. The purpose of Alpha is to create a safe space for you guys to be able to talk about life and to talk about um, life's biggest questions and to talk about faith. So um, I want to encourage you guys. If you if you are an atheist, if you are a doubter, if you're not a believer, um, if you if you know you may stand on uh, you know wh whatever it is, wherever you are on that spectrum, you may be new to the faith and you just don't know. Maybe you grew up in church and you're like, I, I don't even know what makes me a Christian. I don't even know. Whatever it is, fam, listen. Uh, wherever you are on that spectrum, come and join us. It's going to be a, an 11-week journey where we come together. We start that next week. So not this Sunday coming up. This Sunday's Easter. But next Sunday, we start it. And man, I am excited. I'm absolutely excited about that because I get to journey with 11 of you guys. Um, there's going to be, um, I believe now we have a, a, close to 130 people who've signed up. So they're going to be about 10 groups uh, meeting together on on Zoom. So you'll get all the instructions. So when you sign up, they're, they're going to explain everything to you and they'll tell you what group you're in and whose group you'll be participating in. So I'm looking forward to the people who will be in my group um, who will join me and just journey with me uh, through 
through Alpha. Just journey with me through that um, for for those eleven weeks. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting to learn and getting to know and getting to meet new people and and just be able to talk through um, some of these things. Um, and yeah, so so guys, sign up. It's tftv.co slash join alpha tftv.co slash join alpha i'm so encouraged by that joanne i'm so encouraged by that um it's why why i I posted like maybe like one or two and then people were like please continue to post it um every day so i make it my prerogative to post a prayer with you guys every day so um i'm encouraged by that it's free Yes, it's free. Okay, you. No one's gonna ask you for money. No one's gonna ask you for any of that. It's it's a free. It's a, it's just a safe space. That's all it is. It's a safe space for you to just talk about um, faith and life's biggest questions. Some of those hard questions that you've never really had a chance to really um, reflect on. Um, so, with that being said, like I said, guys, um, um, I because I mean I'm running off of a couple hours of sleep. Our entire team is running off of a couple hours of sleep. We spent this entire week uh, working on this production for tonight. So we I'll be honest with you guys. I'm a little burnt and I want to make sure I'm, I have all my energy for tonight. And so, um, and I have a whole bunch, we, we, we're still finishing it up as we speak. So we just have a lot that we're getting done uh, for it. So I just hope you guys would be understanding. Um, we're going to go a little bit shorter today. We're going to lo- go a little shorter. I, I could keep running, but I'm going to be a little bit more responsible uh, for that. Um, um, and, and so let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Exodus 11. Uh, we're going to turn to Exodus 11 and, um, and most likely I'll just read two chapters today. So we're going to have a shorter, shorter reading and then a shorter reflection, uh, with you guys today. Um, by the way, if you see people kind of running around behind me, it's because we're setting up for our Easter production. So look at that. We're, we're this week has just been bananas, but man, um, I got Berlin in the back over here. She's going in right now. Um, I got Gabe in the room finishing up. I mean, our team has been working tirelessly. So please invite friends, invite everybody. Tonight's production is going to be uh, incredible. Berlin, would you say that this is not this is not a family production? It is not family friendly. No. <laughs> It's it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. Are those nooses? These are not nooses. Uh, continue on. Okay. Um, <laughs> guys, I I want to I, I want you to know. Awesome, King Cobra. Thanks, man. I, I look forward to it. Maybe you guys you be a part of my group. Also, make a notation uh, that Pastor invite Pastor Isaac invited you. Uh, that way <laughs> that way uh, you know they they'll know where to uh, uh, where to redirect you. Um, I don't know if, if there's 11 people yet in my group yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll be checking pretty soon. <sighs> um, yeah. So tonight's production. <laughs> not family. I know. The thing is, is that uh, this year's production, we really wanted to um, we wanted to to bring to light the depth and the darkness of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And so when I say it's not family friendly, nobody's, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not, you know, rated R or anything like that. It's just, it's very dark and it's very, very intense. Tonight's going to be very, very intense. Um, so, so like, you know, yeah, Vanessa, yeah, babe, uh, she said she's going to let the boys watch it. We have two boys, so they're going to watch it along with us, but it is going to be profoundly dark. Tonight's going to be profoundly dark. That's why we call it Black Friday. Um, it's profoundly dark, but um, um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's trust me, it's it's you know, it, it may it's not it's not say it will disturb the children, but it's going to definitely invite them to ask some really some questions about the darkness and the depth of the suffering of Jesus Christ and the purpose for which he suffered. Um, and so I don't know. Again, that that's that 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 may be a point and an opportunity for um, for for conversation, but it's gonna be real. It's gonna be really real. It's gonna be really dark. We may t- touch on some things tonight um, that maybe your your kids may not be exposed to. Um, so so uh, you know, 
again, um, there'll be some dark imagery um, in all of it, but it's all to emphasize the suffering of Christ on the cross. So, um, yeah, so just use your discretion. But, but uh, you know, I don't have a problem with our boys watching it. Um, you know, Ellison and Izzy can watch it. So anyway, that's we're working on it. So, guys, um, we're going to get right into the reading. The, just um, the Font TV on YouTube. You can either uh, go ahead and subscribe to the Font TV's YouTube channel. Just search the Font TV. And uh, oh, no, Facebook Live says interrupted. Thank you for bringing that up. That's crazy. OK, hold on. Let me get it started again. That's that's weird that it would do that. It just crashed. All right. Yeah, so um, our boys. Okay, yeah. So Ellison's. Uh, so ours are nine and six. So there you go. Um, and so they'll they'll be watching as well. But it's gonna definitely. I, I would expect them to have questions like, "Whoa, this this death thing isn't isn't a joke." Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So, <sighs> yeah. So we're finishing up the production now. So. Let's get this. Let's get in. Let's get in on this and let's get moving. I'm only running off of a couple hours of sleep. So stay with me, family. Um, I may rant like an old man um, in the time that we have. So we'll just read for a few minutes and then I just want to share a couple thoughts with you. Sorry about that, Facebook family. For those of you who are here, the purpose of this time that we spend together is so that we can read through the, the entire scripture. Okay. It's so that we can read through the Bible and we do it one weekday at a time. We spend 20 to 30 minutes every weekday to a little bit less, but we spend 20 to 30 minutes every weekday reading through scripture because I believe that the most powerful activity that any believer can engage in is to spend time in devotion and reading of the word. That is to read and to meditate on the word. Um, he says that, 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 that a man is blessed when he meditates day and night, when he meditates day and night. And so um, we for 20, 20 to 30 minutes, you'll be surprised how much Bible you can get through. For those of you who have been journeying with us, we've gone through the entire New Testament. We've now we're at we're now at the Old Testament. We just finished reading Genesis and now we're in Exodus 11 and we're going to continue to journey through. If you ever miss anything, if you ever miss um, any reading, you can go and check out the font everywhere on Facebook the font everywhere on Facebook. Um, it's a Facebook group that we have there. You can be community there. You can pray for each other there. There are those of you who have also are sending a plethora of, of prayer requests. You know, I can't keep up with all of them, but that's okay because we have a family. We have a community of people who want to intercede for you, who want to pray for you. So don't be shy. Go on there and say, hey, guys, pray for me about this. Pray for me about that. If you've got a testimony, post it there because we got a community of people. we got pastors. we got ministers. we got leaders. We have people who don't have faith. I have people who are atheists who said, I'm atheist, but I'm on here because I want to see what this is all about. I have, we have people who are all, all over the place um, who are there. Um, on the font everywhere. And so it's just a family. It's a place where we can connect and be community, but you could also catch the read and rants there. And we have other content that we're planning on putting there. Most likely, um, I am praying about Bible study. Okay, guys, I'm prayerfully considering doing Bible study as well. Because I know a lot of you have been asking about that. Hey, um, can you do a Bible study? Um, I am prayerfully considering that as well. So uh, most likely, if I am going to do a Bible study, I'm probably going to do it on the Facebook group. Uh, to be more connected with the community there. I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm letting you know what my process is, but I'm going to go as the Lord leads on that. All right. So with that being said, let's go to Exodus 11. And I want you asking three questions. What is God revealing concerning himself? What is God revealing concerning people? What is God revealing concerning you? Okay. What is God revealing concerning you? Okay. Exodus 11. Father, we thank you. Lord, even in this uh, short moment that we get to spend together, Father, I just ask that you would uh, speak to us. Lord, even tonight, Lord, as we come together for Black Friday and just to join and uh, just in a gathering of remembrance of your suffering on the cross, Father, I pray, Lord, that this would be uh, the reality of what we confront with throughout the entire day today. Lord, bless us, Lord, as we read your word. Lord, lead us, Lord God, conform us to your image, reveal your heart, reveal who you are, reveal yourself to us, reveal 
Lord God, where we need correction and we need conviction. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Exodus 11, and it says this, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will get, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again." But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these servants, sorry, and all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you, and that I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. <clears throat> now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. According to each man's needs, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep and from the goats. <laughs> now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire. With unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. <laughs> Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head and with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it till morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Hmm. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove the leaven from your houses, for whoever eats Leaven bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day, there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them. 
but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared for you. You shall observe the feast of the unleavened bread on this, on this same day, and I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat the unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses. Since, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native to the land. You shall eat nothing leavened in your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. <laughs> and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and drip it in blood that is in the basin and strike it on the lintel, the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. You shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land, which the Lord will give you just as he promised that you shall keep his service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who was passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass after midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his, on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. Hmm. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise, go out from among the people, both you and the children of Israel and go and serve the Lord. As you have said, also take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste for they said, we shall be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened having kneaded their bowls, bound up in their clothes and in their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word Moses had asked from the Egyptians, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600 thousand men on foot besides children a mixed multitude went up from the, uh, went up with them also and flocks and herds and a great deal of livestock and they baked unleavened cakes of dough which they had brought out of egypt for it was not leavened goodness gracious because they were driven out of egypt and could not wait nor had they had provisions for themselves. Now, the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observant for all of the children of Israel throughout their generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover 
No foreigner shall eat it. <laughs> but every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. <laughs> In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. Wow. And he shall be a native of the land for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be for the native born and the stranger and for the stranger who dwells among you. Thus, all the children of Israel did, and they did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the privilege of giving us the opportunity to engage with you. To engage with you in your word. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you. <sighs> Even as I'm reading this, family and as i sit here before you i am profoundly overwhelmed um i am sitting here and as i was praying and planning on reading today um i began to feel the manifest presence of god even right where i am right now very much aware that he is here even as we are spending this time reading together he's 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 here he's here and he's he's engaging with us he's engaging with us he's engaging with us in in this time and i am in incredible awe of him even right now even in this moment and I think what baffles me is how timely God is. He's, he's so timely. He, he's so, he's so on time. Like you can't, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> You really can't like you, you can't make this stuff up. <sighs> we've been reading now, guys, for those of you who have been here, we've been reading through the entire Bible. That's the goal. And every time we read, we read through the entire New Testament. And, and, and for, for 20, 30 minutes, and, and I, you guys have now seen how much Bible you can get through just by committing to reading it. But every step of the way, as we've been reading, we've been asking God, speak, speak to us. Like, you know, speak to us in this time as we read your word, like, like speak to us through your word. That's always been, you know, our desire and our commitment was, is, is, is just to be submitted to hearing the voice of God to speak to us. And we, and now we're reading through Genesis and we're asking God to speak to us, speak to us today concerning today. And how timely is it family that as we're asking God to speak to us today on this good Friday, that this is what we would be reading <laughs> on this good Friday, that this is what we, you can't make this stuff up. You just can't, you, you, you just can't. It's as if God's like, okay, today, this is what I want you to remember. 
<laughs> like, how timely is that, right? How, how timely is God? God, how timely are you to, to remind me today on this day? We didn't plan this. We didn't plan this, but yet here we are at this part of the text. Here we are because what we're celebrating on Good Friday is we're celebrating today. We're commemorating today the death of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus. Yesterday was Holy Thursday, or some would call it Maundy Thursday. This whole week is Holy Week, where we, uh, we, we remember the Passover celebration, the Last Supper, the supper that Jesus had with the disciples, and the supper that he has with the disciples. You have to understand, Jesus died during the Passover. And, and, and notice, I, I, want, I want you to see that what Jesus was celebrating with the disciples, the passion of Christ, transpired during the Passover. What we're celebrating this weekend and what we're remembering this weekend is we're remembering what Jesus partook in that was instituted at this point in the Bible. This is where the Passover is instituted. <laughs> this is where the Passover was instituted. The celebration of this family of God that we've been talking about, that God has called uniquely and set apart in order to bring righteousness and justice to the world, that these people would from this moment on, from this moment that we've read here, from this moment on, would remember every year what the Lord did for them, what God did for them when he delivered them out of Egypt to go back to the land that was promised to them. And yet Jesus reminds us when he sits down at the table with his disciples, before he goes to the garden of Gethsemane, before he drinks from the cup of the wrath of God, he sits down and he reminds them. He's remembering and notice this, that while they were remembering the deliverance that God gave them, Jesus was giving them something new to remember. And as they were celebrating and eating of the food and eating of this meal, as they were partaking in this meal together, Jesus interrupts the meal. And he says, take this bread. He blesses the bread and he says, take this bread. And he says, this is my body. Eat this. And then he takes the wine and he blesses it. And he says, this covenantal representation is now my blood. The moment that he blessed it, it was his blood. And he said, drink this. And he said, from this moment on, Remember my death. He says, do this in remembrance of me. So all this time, the children of Israel are remembering God who delivered them out of the land of Egypt. And now Jesus takes that moment to remind them that it wasn't just about you coming out of Egypt. It was about something that was happening in that moment that was pointing to something that's about to happen. And what Jesus was saying is that that thing that we have been anticipating to happen is going to happen now. And then from that moment on, I want you to remember 
this. How timely is God? Like, just think about that. How how timely is God that he would remember us today and be mindful of us and to give us this remembrance, like to give us this remembrance that family, what we celebrate today was planned from the beginning. That this Passover celebration was pointing to something that was going to happen. And now that it has, it points to a new hope that we have. This wasn't just about, and this is what he's trying to point, what Jesus is pointing to at that moment when he, um, when he celebrates that last supper is he was pointing to the fact that this wasn't just about the children of Israel. This was about all of humanity. This was about all of mankind. And we see these beautiful images here in the scripture. And I have one word of conviction, but I want to just remind you as you read this, like let us be reminded here that this was all part of God's plan. The, the, the communion that we celebrate started here. And notice it was first exclusive to just the children of Israel. That's what we read here at the end, right? The regulations is that no foreigner shall eat the Passover. No foreigner shall partake in the Passover. No foreign, no foreigner shall eat of it. They must be circumcised. And yet Jesus now is bringing everyone to participation that from up until this point, this was exclusive to a people. Now a person among the people is about to bring all nations together, reconciling all men to himself. And so now it's not the circumcision of the flesh that includes you, but it's the circumcision of the heart. Oh, How beautiful is that, brothers and sisters? Because this was always about Jesus. Notice in, in Exodus 12, verse 46, I'm going to go backwards and walk up. In Exodus 12, verse 46, and it says, In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of its flesh outside of the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. That at the Passover, as we eat the bread and as we drink of the cup, there was a lamb that was to be slain and to be eaten. And this lamb that was to be slain would shed its blood. But you will not break a single bone on that lamb. And yet at that moment, I'm being reminded of the lamb that was slain. That on the cross, his flesh was torn up. His flesh was ripped up, but not a single bone was broken. He gave up his spirit. He willingly gave up his spirit so that when they would come by, come by him, they would not break his legs to expedite his crucifixion because the Passover was coming. And so he died without a bone being broken. He becomes the Passover because now he is the bread and he is the wine. The blood that would be shed was meant to cover them. We see how the blood was put on the left of the post and the right of the doorpost and on the top of the doorposts. And yet it was meant to cover them because at that moment, the firstborn, there was a plague that came in where the firstborn of Egypt would die. All the firstborn would die, but the firstborn of the children of Israel would be preserved. 
That is, if the blood did not cover the home, the firstborn would not survive. Hmm. And yet take a firstborn among the lambs who was without blemish. Take a lamb who has no blemish and shed that lamb's blood. And I know I'm, I don't want to go too far into Black Friday tonight because you have to come and hear this tonight. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I want you to hear this. That this was all planned from the beginning. God is writing his story. And yet Jesus, it's climaxing at Jesus. So, so when we read of the Last Supper and we partake of the communion, this is where it started, family. It started here. And what it was what it was evolving and transforming into was that this communion that was exclusive to one would become inclusive to all that now all who partake in the communion would eat of his body and drink of his blood. That we are the body of Christ and that we together now get to participate by faith in Jesus Christ. This is what this is. This is where this is taking us. This is where this is pointing to. This is what this is pointing to. And so when we read of the 10th plague, the 10th plague was about the message of the gospel. Remember, I told you all the plagues were building up and building up and building up. It was a string of events that would lead to this event. God told him he would continue to resist, but after this, he will let you go because it took the sacrifice and the death of the firstborn in order to set the people free. Let me say that one more time. It took the death of the firstborn to set the people free. I'll say one thing that you'll hear tonight because I don't want to give you all of it. But blood was God's currency for debt. You don't get to choose. It's like, well, why did why 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 did it have to be blood? God chose it. We'll explain that. But this is God's currency for debt. God chose this as His currency. This is instituted by God, and what He said was the blood was good enough, and yet the blood that was shed covered them that the angel of death could not come and take the firstborn. The angel of death, the angel could not pass. The angel would just pass over as a result of the blood. The blood covered the home. It wasn't about how they performed, what they did, how well they fed the Passover, how good Hebrew people they were. It wasn't about how well they performed. It was, a, it was just about the obedience of receiving the sacrifice of the lamb and to put the blood over the home. It was the blood. It was always the blood. It wasn't the performance. It wasn't how well they did it. It wasn't how well they put it together. It wasn't how good of a person they were. It wasn't my firstborn son was better than your firstborn son. It wasn't about, it wasn't about any of that. It was simply about one thing, be obedient to cover your home with the blood. We're beginning to see the remnants and the elements of grace. That it was never about what we did. It was about what God covered us with. It was never about how we did. It was simply to be obedient, to be covered by the blood. It was to receive the blood. Notice that even the Egyptians could have been saved. Not because they were Egyptians, but simply because... Not, not, not because they, they, they were good people, but simply because they chose to put the blood over it. Ah, the children of Israel had specialized information. That it wasn't exclusive to just the children of Israel. That it was inclusive to anyone who would cover themselves with the blood. And here's what's really curious about that. That the firstborn would be saved. But the firstborn may not be able to participate in the communion if the firstborn was not circumcised. Notice, there's communion and then there's salvation. Oh, they were covered by the blood. <laughs> 
How incredible is that family? That it wasn't by any of our doing that we were saved, but it was simply by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, the blood. Not how good of a person you were, not how, you know, how much better you got, not how much, how, how much better you got it together. Not, not because now you're just a put together person. Because if anybody knows I am a wretch, if you really look down deep inside your soul and you look deep within yourself, you're going to realize that I am a wretch. I'm a sinful wretch. I've got thoughts I shouldn't have. I have desires I shouldn't have. I've got things in me that just don't want to do right. And I know how much I am profoundly a sinner. And yet God chose to cover me with his blood. He chose to cover me with Christ. He chose to cover me. He actually chose to pay the price for me. And now I sit in the presence of God covered by the blood. All I need to do is cover my house with the blood. Tonight we're going to talk about some the many dimensions of the atonement. And I want you, I, I want you to come tonight because it, it's that's gonna be amazing. But I really want you to hear what I'm saying here is that we're reading Good Friday in Exodus. Like this is who can you make this stuff up? You can't make this up. We're reading Good Friday in Exodus. Wow. That's nuts. The institution of the Passover was when Christ died and Christ was pointing to the Passover. A lamb without blemish, whose bones would not be broken, whose blood would be shed to cover the people. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. This was always God's plan. And the children of Israel were dramatizing it now they'll leave you with one thought and then we'll we'll close because remember tonight I, I gotta run because we gotta finish preparing um for tonight <sighs> i want you to stay with me this may get a little weird but stay with me There's a there's a there's something that keeps popping out to me as I'm reading this word today. It just keeps popping out as I've been prayerfully reading. It just keeps uh, even as I'm speaking. It, God's like, go to that, go to that, go to that, go to that, go to that. In Exodus twelve forty six, um, we read that. Of the lamb in one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break any one of its bones. And then in verse 46, all the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover of the Lord, let all the males be circumcised and let him come near and keep it as he is a native of the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. Notice, you can eat the bread and still not partake in the Passover. One law shall be for the native born and the stranger who dwells in it. Thus, all the children of Israel did as they did. Now, the one thing that sticks out to me is in verse 39. And they baked unleavened cakes of dough, which they brought out of Egypt. For it was not leavened. Because they had driven out, because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they provisions for themselves. Oh my goodness, I don't have enough time. So I'm going to give you a short version of what the, where the Lord's leading. So I got to do a little explanation here. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough, 
which they brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened. It was not leavened. We read over and over again in verse 34. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading doughs bound up in the clothes of their shoulders. As you read over and 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 over again, he says to them, make sure the bread isn't leavened. Make sure the bread isn't leavened. Make sure the dough isn't leavened. Make sure the dough isn't leavened, unleavened, unleavened. Unleavened, unleavened bread, unleavened bread. And it really sticks out to me today as I'm reading it, because we see in verse eight, they shall eat the flesh of the night and roast it with fire with unleavened bread. They're, they're, I can't, I, as I was reading, I can't count how many times it says it, but I believe it's about five or six times. No, maybe seven times, actually. I'd have to count it, but I have to go through it again. There's another time right there in, in verse 18. You shall eat unleavened bread. And so over and over again, he's making sure, he's emphasizing no leaven, no leaven, no leaven, no leaven. The bread, the bread was the, the most common food that was eaten by the children of Israel. The leaven was the most common food that was eaten. Uh, sorry, the, the bread was the most common food that was eaten. Sorry. It didn't matter what status you were, what economic status you had. Everyone ate bread. The poorer people ate mostly just bread. That's all they would eat. It was their manner of sustenance. It's what kept them alive. Um, the poorer people didn't eat much meat. And the bread generally was leavened. What is the leaven? For us today, we're familiar with the leavening process, which is yeast. Where you put the yeast in the bread, and essentially what the yeast does is it's just a bunch of little animals who eat in the flour, uh, in the bread, and, and, and they essentially what they do is they fart. <laughs> and as they fart, they, the bread puffs up. And so that's how we get that really fluffy bread unleavened bread is bread for for those of us we, we read it in our context unleavened bread is, is is bread without yeast and so um that type of bread is very flat it's very compact it's not it doesn't it doesn't give it a chance to grow it, the, the, the 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 yeast didn't do its work of leavening the bread that is to exactly right jason to make it rise and to make it full. Non would be an example of unleavened bread. That's exactly right, Pastor Rick. Um, and there are other forms of unleavened bread. Now, before this, notice, he's bringing all this emphasis to the leaven because before this, they must have ate leavened bread. Oh my God, Ezekiel bread. I can't eat Ezekiel bread for nothing. I can't eat it for nothing. Oh my goodness. I don't know how y'all do it. Anybody who eats Ezekiel bread, man, you have the spirit of Ezekiel in you. Um, praise the Lord. Um, anyway, <laughs> I can't eat it. It's, it's not for me. But but the 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 if he's making all this emphasis to eat unleavened bread, it's because these people used to eat leavened bread. The leavening process then is different than the leavening process today. The way we leaven today is, is we put, um, you know, we, we, we put yeast in the bread and then we mix it and then we let it sit so that it will rise. Okay. It will rise. And so it becomes the fluffy bread that we love to eat. Back in those days, they didn't have that. That wasn't their process. The yeast or the leaven would have to be created through keeping the bread out. They would literally make the dough, sit it out. And as it sat out, the environment would come into the bread and the environment then would allow the bread to expand. So the environment would come into the bread and it would do the same process, the similar process of what the yeast does. 
causing the bread to expand. It takes a lot longer, but you have to let the bread sit out and to be exposed to the elements. And as the elements take, um, um, take root in the bread, the bread would then begin to expand. Are you with me? But he made so much emphasis to the fact that they should not leaven the bread. Meaning what he was saying is, is that the bread that you're going to eat cannot be exposed to the elements. <laughs> you hear me? He's saying this bread that you're about to eat cannot be exposed to the elements. All right. Remember what we said yesterday. Okay. Remember what we said yesterday when we were talking about all the plagues, the plagues came in and as the plagues came in, there were uh, the locusts and, and the, the darkness and, and frogs and the water turning into blood. By the time we get to the 10th day, we can come to the faithful conclusion that the elements were toxic. Giving you some natural explanation here. The elements in Egypt were toxic. The air was not good. There was death in the air. There was death in the environment. It was toxic. And because the environment was toxic, you had to preserve the bread, the dough. So cover it up and bake it before you let the environment take over. Because if you let the environment take over the bread, then anyone who eats it will eat of the toxicity of the environment. Some have even argued that it was the environment. It was actually the leaven that killed the Egyptians. <laughs> that it was actually the leaven that caused the firstborn of the Egyptians to die. Because on that day, generally, you would feed the firstborn son first. That was common culture. The firstborn son was the first to eat the bread. So when the firstborn son would have eaten the bread, they would have seen a response and a reaction. And so no one else would eat it. So the firstborn son would eat it. And after he ate it, he would die. There are many who believe that what actually killed the firstborn son was the bread that he ate. Because the firstborn son was the first to eat the bread. And so notice that God is bringing emphasis and emphasis and emphasis and emphasis to say that when you celebrate the Passover, not only are you going to cover your home so as to declare that you are covered, but you're also going to protect what's inside. Because you can't just be covered on the outside. You have to be uh, protected on the inside. And so to be, to be protected on the inside, as you eat this meal, be sure to be sure that there would be no leaven in the bread. Because the leaven in the bread is toxic. When you leave Egypt, do not leave Egypt. Notice what he says there in chapter at the end of the chapter. When you leave Egypt, do not leave Egypt with bread that has the leaven of Egypt. Do not take Egypt's leaven with you because Egypt's leaven is toxic. Egypt's leaven will kill you. Egypt's leaven will destroy you. The environment of Egypt makes the bread that you eat toxic. <laughs> and so by consequence, 
The children of Israel must eat unleavened bread. First reason why God would tell them something like that is because God wanted to protect them. But the second thing is that God is teaching us something. That when we partake in the body of Christ, let us not leaven the body. We are the body of Christ. Let us not leaven the body. Let's not let the environment taint the body. And for many of us, the destruction comes out of the influence of Egypt on the body. We are the body of Christ and we partake in the communion together. And the leaven of society, of culture comes in and leavens the bread, leavens the body. And if, you, if anybody knows, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's scripture. We read it. Now you're going to understand what he means. Uh, later on in the New Testament, it says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. The lump was the bread. And the environment, a little bit of that will make the whole thing expand. And so eating the leaven wasn't don't eat fluffy bread. It was don't allow the influence of the region Don't allow the influence of the devil. Don't allow the influence of culture come in to the bread that you eat. So the word of conviction, as I read this scripture today, the word of conviction that I have is that we've been covered by the blood of Jesus. Christ has paid for all of our sins. We are free indeed. But in that freedom, let us not allow culture, society to come in and influence us. There needs to be a purity in our relationship with God. We cannot bastardize the gospel of Jesus Christ, but to be free in it. Egypt cannot we can't have any remnant of Egypt inside of the house. And I cannot eat of any remnant of Egypt inside of my house. So today, as we engage, today as we remember, I want you to be very considerate of that. I need you to be very considerate of that. I need you to be prayerfully considerate. To say what's out here, isn't it? But God has covered me. There's somebody here who um, tonight, as you read, you know, um, tonight may bring some people to tears. That's okay. It may bring me to tears because I'm being rem reminded. I kind of did get a little emotional, actually, when I uh, gave this word tonight. So stay with me, okay? Um, I'm being reminded that he paid the price. I'm covered. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And often we look from within and we say everything within us is not good. Not realizing that God, who knowingly knew the sin that was in our heart, chose to cover us up. Chose to cover us up with his blood. You are covered. You are covered when God sees you and you by your willingness to put that blood over your home. And when I say over your home, I'm talking about over your life, over everything. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ and you cover it, God does not see your sins. He sees his blood. And every attack of the enemy, 
everything that 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 death wants to take from you, everything that death wanted to steal from you, from your firstborn, who represents your your future, your your posterity, who represents your legacy and your promise, all of that has been covered. And whatever the angel came to take away, the blood of Jesus is covered. So today I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I plead the blood of Jesus over your life. I plead the blood of Jesus over your marriage. I plead the blood of Jesus over your family. I plead the blood of Jesus over your sons. I plead the blood of Jesus over your daughters. I plead the blood of Jesus over your career. I plead the blood of Jesus over your life. I plead the blood of Jesus over your mental health. I plead the blood of Jesus over your peace. I plead the blood of Jesus over your destiny. I plead the blood of Jesus over your life. I declare it in the name of Jesus that that angel of death will not come to take anything from from you, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but that Jesus bled that you may have life and that you would have it more abundantly. I prophetically declare today on this Good Friday that all your sins have been paid for, that death does not have victory over you, that sin has been defeated, that Jesus has won it all, that all the victory belongs to God and all the glory belongs to God, that now we give it to Jesus and that he lives in us. I declare right now that there would be no death over you. I declare right now that there'd be no death in your life. I declare right now that there'd be no death in your family. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus on the cross, that sin has been defeated, that God is giving you purpose. And we declare that in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you today. Lord, for reminding us of your sacrifice. We thank you today for reminding us, Lord, that you have already paid the price. That this was always the plan from the beginning. Lord, that we have the victory in you. Father, I pray that we would be reminded throughout this day. <laughs> Reminded throughout this day of the victory that we have in you. But to also be reminded of the profound sacrifice that you paid for in order for us to experience life. Father, I thank you for each and every person who's watching right now. For the people who are on Facebook, for the people who are on TikTok, I pray right now that you would Lord, meet them where they are tonight as we come together tonight. Lord, in celebration and in remembrance, Father. Let us remember how great the price was that was paid. But let's be reminded that it reflects how great a love you have for us. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen.